The Jets crushed the Redskins, scoring 34 points for a second straight week. Should we be impressed with the win, or was the competition just awful? We answer that and break down the game with the immortal Steve Serby. We also are joined by a QB that took the Jets to the AFC Championship, Vinny Testaverde. All that is next on Gangs All Here with the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome to Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host and Jets beat writer, Brian Costello. Follow me on Twitter, at Brian Cos. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me today from D.C. is the vet here at The Post, Steve Serby. I'll also be joined by former Jets quarterback, Vinny Testaverde. Let's get it on. All right. Well, the Jets win their second straight game for the first time in 13 months, 34-17 to 17 over the Redskins. You know, the, the locker room, I thought, was uh, businesslike would be the way I would describe it. They were relieved, obviously. They got another win. This team only is 3-7, and seven, so every win is, it feels monumental. But it wasn't like the Jets were celebrating this like they won the Super Bowl. They were they were pretty, you know, they, they weren't going crazy in the locker room with the celebration. So I thought that was a good sign that they realized that, uh, you know, they, they can't overreact to this win. Um, you know, they I think the Jets might petition – the NFL to move to the NFC East. They're three and one now against the NFC East and no one six against everybody else after wins over the Redskins, the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, the, you know, the big story of this game was Sam Darnold four touchdown passes, his career high and a far cry from where he was a month ago when on Monday night football, he was embarrassed by the Patriots and obviously the seeing ghost comment and the, the poor play after that in Jacksonville and, and struggling in Miami. Sam seems to have righted himself, you know, the Redskins are a bad, bad team. So everything about this win, you sort of take with, you know, a grain of salt because the Redskins are bad. But that being said, the Jets took care of business and won this handily. It wasn't <clears throat> wasn't like the Jets eked out a win here. So I think that's what you were looking for. They took care of business. And now they face a, a much better team next week in the Raiders. And I think this is a good barometer for the Jets. The, the Raiders are not one of the elite teams in the NFL, but they're not the Redskins either, uh, struggling. So John Gruden and Derek Carr come to MetLife Stadium next week, and we'll see what the Jets can do. If, if they can win three games, that would be the first time since 2017 they've won three games in a row. And, you know, maybe salvage something from this season, which felt lost just two weeks ago. It felt like the season was over. But Jamal Adams is playing out of his mind. It's really good that the Jets did not trade him, and Sam Darnold's playing better, and it seems like, Things are, are moving along, uh, and that's a that's probably enough from me. I'm going to bring in now, longtime New York Post football columnist Steve Serby, who was with me at the game in Washington. Uh, sir, what you know? What did you think overall uh, about this win for the Jets? Well, I think the Redskins are an XFL team. First of all, <laughs> uh, I wrote in my column that um, Christopher Johnson looks like a genius uh, for. Um, announcing that Adam Gase will return before playing the Giants and the Redskins, yeah. which is, you know, akin to a baseball manager holding a team meeting before playing the 62 Mets <laughs> or, or the coach of the Harlem Globetrotters calling a team meeting before the game against the Washington Generals. Dwayne Haskins was awful. He was overmatched. He was no match for Greg Williams. 
And like you said, Jamal Adams, it's going to be hard not to sign him. He's going to want to be the highest paid safety in the league. On the other side of the field today, if you notice, Landon Collins, who signed a six-year, $84 million deal, was kind of quiet, wasn't he? Yeah, he made a few plays. Yeah. Overall, overall, he wasn't an $84 million player. No. Yeah, that's for sure. But Jamal Adams is worth that kind of money. Now, whether the Jets are going to pay him or not remains to be seen. If somebody makes them an offer they can't refuse, they have to take it. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a fascinating debate because he's under contract for next year. Next year is a fourth-year deal, fourth year of his rookie deal, and they actually have him under contract for another year after that with the fifth-year option. So they they are not obligated to pay him next year. It's not like he's going to be a free agent. They have control of him, but he's due to make $3.5 million next year. Yeah, and no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> this is a guy who compared himself to Aaron Donald a few weeks ago and Tom Brady. Landon Collins is making $14 million a year. A few other safeties are making that. I don't think he's going to play for $3 million next year. So this is going to be an interesting interesting situation for Joe Douglas to handle going forward. What um, what was your biggest takeaway offensively? Well, my biggest takeaway was the difference in this game was the difference between Sam Darnold and Dwayne Haskins. Darnold has overcome the apparitions. He's no longer seeing ghosts. And it sure looked like Dwayne Haskins saw ghosts today. Two, his two touchdown passes were garbage time touchdown passes. Yeah. Greg Williams just toyed with him. Yeah. I mean, it was a major mismatch. It was Haskins' second start. Now, I bet you Giant fans are quite happy today yeah. knowing that their guy threw four TD passes against that Greg Williams defense, whereas Dwayne Haskins, who wanted to be a Giant, completely overwhelmed. Yeah, the early returns are certainly in favor of Daniel Jones right now. He certainly looks better than Dwayne Haskins does. And I thought it was interesting – I was kind of debating going into this game, trying to figure out what the Jets might do against him. Would Greg Williams blitz him? Would he play coverage and, and flood the field with DBs? He sort of did a middle ground thing. He, he really rushed four for most of the day. The thing was, Dwayne Haskins never knew which four were coming. So he was dropping defensive linemen and blitzing Jamal Adams and blitzing Brian Poole. But, and there was one play where Terrell Basham, the outside linebacker, was down the field and broke up a pass. Like Greg Williams was just kind of toying with him with, you know, I'm not going to bring six guys, but you're 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 not going to know who's coming. You have to figure it out, and Dwayne Haskins certainly couldn't figure it out. I mean, what do you think now, sir, going forward? Uh, obviously, it felt like a couple weeks ago that this season was going to be a complete disaster. Do you think the Jets can can salvage something from the last six weeks of the season here? Oh yeah, they um, nine and seven get get them in the playoffs, won't it? <laughs> The Jets are not going to make the playoffs, but it, they can they can dream that they can smoke that pipe dream if they want. Let them, right? They should. After the all players. they've been through this yeah. year, right? The Raiders are going to be a tough test. The Raiders won again Sunday. They're six and four now. Chucky comes into the uh, MetLife, uh, but the Jets' offensive line played better today. Yeah, they they rushed for over a hundred yards for the first time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, Le'Veon is still not himself. They got Bilal Powell involved today. Yeah. And uh, but look at Darnold throwing to uh, Ryan Griffin all of a sudden, huh? Yeah. Not yeah. only Ryan Griffin, but the the kid Brown, the other tight Jayden end. Brown had a touchdown. Yeah, it was first catch in two years for the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought you know, look, Adam Gase has gotten pummeled for the last <laughs> however many weeks. I thought he had a good game, and granted, the Redskins are struggling and everything, but he got Darnold outside the pocket a lot. He got the tight ends involved. He did find some. He, I thought. Getting Bilal Powell the ball more was smart. He even weaved in Ty Montgomery a little bit. Josh Adams had some carries. It wasn't 
he I thought he showed some some good stuff in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, it was against the Redskins, oh, yeah. and the fans are chanting "Sell the team," right. which we used to hear from Jet fans way back when. But we're not too not too not too, well, not too way back. <laughs> but um, look, the Jets are they've stabilized. That's yeah. the best we can say. They if they can finish eight and eight, maybe they got the Ravens. That's a tough one. Yeah. But look at the schedule. They still got the. Yeah, the, they have to win the rest of them to go eight and eight. No, I know that, but they got they get they're building some momentum now. Come on, let's yeah. try to be positive for a change. <laughs> you got the Dolphins, right? Dolphins, you got the, the Bengals. Here, here's the schedule: they got the Dolphins and the Bengals, who are terrible, oh, and, it, and then they're they're kind of in their weight class, right? The Dolphins beat them already, so you can't. The Bengals are winless. Then then they've got uh, they've got Buffalo, they've got Pittsburgh, and the Raiders. Those three teams are all kind of in the middle. You don't know. Are they great? No, but they're not. They're, they're not. Beat, they're all beatable. And then the Ravens on Thursday night in Baltimore is going to be. That's going to be ugly. Probably is, but uh, hey, any any given Thursday night, right? <laughs> Boy, what the Ravens did to the uh, Texans today—that has to be pretty pretty frightening. Well, I'm curious about. I, I didn't see a second of it. The Bengals and Raiders today. It was a closer score than I expected. The Raiders won. But I think they only won by a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead to yeah, next there's, week, there's another game where Greg Williams can feast on Ryan Finley, another rookie quarterback. Yeah. I'm not more of the Raiders though. The Raiders only won by a touchdown. I thought that was going to be a lopsided score today where the Raiders, you know, could, well, the, Ra- could, could, the, Ra- the Raiders were clearly looking ahead to the Jets. Yeah, yeah, that's the old AFL rivalry here. There you go. <laughs> but, um, Joe Namath's most hated team. <laughs> uh, Ryan Griffin, 109 yards receiving today. He's got four touchdowns this season. That was a really a, a great pickup by Joe Douglas right before training camp. Yeah, it certainly worked out better than Ryan Khalil, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, who's uh, now on IR, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, But Alex Lewis was another good pickup. Yeah. But uh, obviously the ball is going to be in Joe Douglas's court from here on in. The future rests with Joe Douglas, and he's going to try to stockpile more draft picks. I think he can – if he has a chance to shop Le'Veon Bell, I think he should do it. I think he will do it. Uh, it obviously hasn't worked with Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, we all know Adam Gase was not the biggest proponent of signing Le'Veon Bell, not because of the player. He didn't feel like spending money on a running back was that smart. So they're going to go at this offseason. The problem is 31 other teams didn't think spending money with Le'Veon Bell was smart last year. The Jets are going to have to eat a large chunk of that contract if they if they do trade. Well, Bell. it's it's been done. It's been done in this league. Yeah. Um, if a team looks at Le'Veon Bell as the final piece to the Super Bowl puzzle, that makes him that more valuable to them. He's not valuable to the Jets. They're not yeah. they're not going for a Super Bowl next year. I'm sorry to say. No. You don't think so? You think they <laughs> <Yeah>. will? <laughs> well, I don't. They just big win. Big win would be a positive. But the most encouraging thing for Jets fans is Sam Darnold looks as if he's taking, he's beginning to take that second-year leap that we all talked about in the summertime, and he's taken ownership of this offense, and he showed his improvisational ability today. Yeah. He's, he's totally in command of this offense, and I wrote, he's the battlefield commander that they need. Yeah, it's interesting. After that Jaguars game, which didn't go well for him, he sat down with Adam Gase and kind of, told him what he liked and didn't like in the offense. And he should have done it earlier. Yeah. Well, Gase kind of said, finally, like that you should have done this earlier, but I think Sam, you know, Sam is the type of guy who I'm going to do whatever you tell me, like whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. He was trying to please the coach. And I think he realized I should, I should speak up here. And he's been a lot more vocal. The coaches and players have all said he's been a lot more vocal 
even the Miami game, which he had the terrible interception at the goal line, that kind of obscured everything else. He played decently that day, and then he's, he's really put it together these last two weeks. But this this stat's just unbelievable to me. The Jets have scored eight touchdowns, eight offensive touchdowns in the last two weeks. They had eight touchdowns in the first eight games. Yeah. So And they had six sacks today too, right? Yeah, for the second straight and week. Jamal Adams has six sacks for the year, five in the last two weeks. Yeah, most of any defensive back in Jets history. And yeah. I think the record is Adrian Wilson with eight for a defensive right. back. He should be able to, to, to break that, that one. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. So I, I, it's, you know, things have come together against the, these two bad teams in the Giants and the Redskins. And now they step up in class next week against the Raiders and we'll see if they can keep it going. Well, it would be a nice Thanksgiving uh, present for Jet fans if they can beat the Raiders at MetLife. And they can. I believe they can. Oh, there you go. You're guaranteeing it? Okay. <laughs> Not quite Joe Namath, but we'll take it from <laughs> Serbia. All right, Serb. Well, thanks for uh, joining the podcast here after the big Jets win. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk to you soon and see you in Florham Park this week. All right. Thank you, Brian. I'd like to welcome in now our special guest this week, Vinny Testaverde, the quarterback of the Jets from 1998 through 2003. And then he actually came back for a second stint in 2005. Uh, Vinny, thanks for joining us uh, on Sunday night after the game. Um, you know, I think I'd like to get your thoughts on Sam Darnold kind of throws four touchdowns in this game against the Redskins after he he had struggled so mightily about a month ago. He had a three-game stretch where he struggled, and now he's he's playing much better. For From a quarterback's perspective, just, you know, how how difficult is it to deal with the lows and then and get through them and get to highs like Sam is, is hitting right now? Yeah, well, first of all, good to be on with you guys. Um just talking about Sam a little bit. I think uh, first of all, we got a real good one in Sam Darnold. He's going to be he's going to be great for us. Uh, you know, hopefully we can keep some some good pieces around him, some good players, and uh, he'll have a great career. And Jet fans will be happy. Um, secondly, I think uh, with his with his uh, what he went through with his his, his sickness, uh, missing some time, I think that may have hurt him a little bit in in getting back and playing at the form that we all want to see him play at and the form that he wants to play at. But uh, it seems like he, you know, he, he's uh, passed some of the struggles he's been through, and he's, uh, you know, on his way to do great things for the Jets. Hey, hey Vin, how how painful were those those early growing pains for you? Obviously, you were the first overall pick of the draft, and now we saw today Dwayne Haskins is going through growing pains. How, how painful were they, and how did you overcome them? Well, it's definitely painful, but at the same time, you have to stay confident in your abilities. And stay confident in, in the coaching and the, and the organization that uh, you know they put the right uh, players around you so you can be successful and have a successful organization. Um, um, you know, with that being said, uh, it, it always takes time. Uh, he's you know Sam's learning uh, not only you know the the, the offensive system, uh, he's learning about the league, the players that are in the league, um, you know, and, and everything that is involved with uh, you know trying to be a great quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady did it. Joe Montana did it. You pick any any great quarterback in any era, and they they all most of them, if not all of them, have struggled at some point in their young careers. The uh, one thing I think kind of got gets overlooked with with the Jets' offensive struggles this year, and Sam some of his struggles last month is just kind of learning a new system. It's his first year with Adam Gase. It's a lot of new pieces on this offense, and then he, like you said, he gets the mono. And misses, uh, you know, a good chunk of the beginning of the season. 
How difficult is that when, when you're learning a new system, particularly when you're 22 years old and, you know, they, you're, you're early on in your career? Yeah, you know, I, I can't, uh, again, I can't stress how, how difficult it is to, to go through a, a lot of the things that Sam has gone through uh, in his early career, you know, with being a young quarterback, new in the league, with a new system, with being sick with the motto, um, you know, having new new players around and learning learning their abilities and uh, understanding what, what the coach uh, expects of you as a quarterback and uh, understanding the philosophy uh, of, of him and, and the team and what you're trying to get done. There's so many things on his plate, and, you know, and, and all that being said, he's trying to, you know, put the franchise on his shoulders and, and uh, um, making sure that uh, everybody uh, around him has a chance of being successful. What, Vinny, what is it about Sam specifically that has caught your eye and, and makes you think he can be great? Well, first of all, I think he's honest about uh, how he goes out and performs uh, whether it's after a win or a loss. Um, you know, I know some people made some some comments about uh, the one uh, game he was mic'd up and he said he's seen ghosts out there. Um, and as a quarterback, you kind of understand what he's talking about when, uh, you know, you're not picking up the blitz and you got guys in your face and uh, things are happening so quick uh, that you, you see things that might not be there at times. Um, but when the game starts to slow down for him and he understands every intricacy, every little uh, – detail of every play and protection and you know everything that goes along with it the game really slows down and you see things clearly and uh you know his comment to me just confirmed me that he's still growing as a young quarterback and he'll get there in time can he, you think he can be a top 10 quarterback i i, I he has great abilities and and um you know whether he's a top 10 quarterback or not i don't know that depends on you know, the coaching staff and the system they put in and the players they put around them, that is so important for a quarterback to have. Um, and, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I, I, we talked about Brady earlier, but, uh, you know, in the division, uh, Tom was one of those guys that has a great coach, a great system and great players around him. And he's a great player to go along with that. And I think Sam can be that player. What do you see, Vinny, as the key for the Jets organization building around him, uh, you know, this off season and going forward? Well, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I, you know, living down here in Florida, I don't, I don't get to see uh, the jet games uh, as, as often as I like, but uh, I do see the highlights. And um, it, it, so it's hard for me really to, to pinpoint any one area. What, what was it, Vin, what was it about you and Bill Parcells that made you guys click? Well, yeah, first of all, when, when uh, Bill asked me to come play there, I had the utmost respect for him and what he he has done with uh, uh, quarterbacks that uh, he has worked with. And I know he was brutally tough on him, but uh, I knew that he was going to ask me to go play quarterback and focus on my job and my job alone, um, which which I was um, all for. And uh, the more that you can focus on your job and not worry about everybody else, the better you're going to perform. Um, and then Bill trusted me to, to – do the things that he was asking me to do, even though that I came from, um, you know, a place where uh, we didn't have a lot of success, but uh, we somehow got to turn that around in New York. What, uh, Vinny, when you look back at that 98 season, what, uh, what's your favorite memory from that run? Uh, I think my favorite memory uh, right now is after our first playoff win at home against Jacksonville and all the confetti coming down and, uh, just, you know, afterwards, uh, seeing the highlights of uh, Mr. Hess and the, the joy that he had uh, in that victory and uh, just the players and the, the, 
the coaches that we got to celebrate with is certainly a great memory. By this, a different token, how heartbreaking was the Achilles on opening day 99? Uh, well, you know, you put all that hard work in and you, uh, you have uh, expectations of, um, you know, going even further than you did the year before. And then it, within the first game, your season ends. And it's, uh, it's always disappointing as uh, there have been many players to go through that in their careers. Um, but, uh, you know, we uh, as players, you, you fight back to get back on the field and you, and you work hard and you just keep plugging away. And that's all you can do as a player. You, uh, you embraced playing for your hometown. What was that experience like? There is nothing better, uh, you know, especially when you win. You know, coming home and, and playing in front of your family and friends, uh, playing for your your uh, your your hometown team, uh, your team that you've cheered for when you were a kid. Uh, it's it's always always a a great a great experience to be able to do that, and uh, that's that's a, a great memory I'll always have that I was able to do that. Vinny, what's it been like watching your son be a quarterback? Is it are you more nervous as a dad watching him play than than when you played? Uh, absolutely, I've never been more nervous in my life than watching my son play football. Uh, he, he, you know, he got to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks in the preseason, and uh, we all went to Dallas to watch him play against the Cowboys. And uh, it was a, a great night for for him, a uh, great experience, uh, nerve wracking for me. But uh, at the same time, I'm happy that he was able to experience that, and now he gets an opportunity to go play in the XFL. And this this coming February, so we're looking forward to that. You know, nowadays a lot of these quarterbacks are th- are thrown to the wolves, but Chad Pennington had the benefit of learning under you. How? Tell me about Chad and what it was like when he replaced you. Oh yeah, Chad was a, a really good player for the Jets. Uh, he was a really smart player as well. Um, I enjoyed being around Chad. Uh, you know, even though. Uh, veteran players around young players you can still learn from them as well and, and I did learn some things from Chad uh, I hope I taught him some things along the way to make him better but at the same time uh, we were all in competition to, to make the team better and that was was great about Chad is uh, he was all about the team great teammate great team player and uh, just glad to have the opportunity to, to, to have him as a teammate. Vinny as a, as a quarterback you got to deal with trying to keep a lot of people happy getting the ball around and you know wide receivers tend to have Slightly large egos, and, and you've played with a few of them. How do you deal with that as a quarterback of just trying to keep guys happy and, and manage that? Uh, yeah, um, sometimes it's difficult, especially when, uh, you know, you don't uh, – or you go through a little bit of a losing streak and uh, you, know, you have those guys that, that think they're the difference maker and they want the football so they can to make the difference. But, um, you know, I used to kind of be a little rough on, on the guys and just say, hey, when you get your opportunity, just make the play and the ball will keep coming back to you. That's the only way to get the football on a consistent basis. And uh, fortunately, we had a few guys that uh, made a lot of plays and uh, we tried to do our best to get them the ball. Does uh, not winning a Super Bowl eat at you today or no? Well, uh, I don't know if it eats at me, but uh, – you know, it's something that I wish would have happened, but at the same time, I'm thankful for a long career—21 years uh, in the league. Um, was a lot of brought a lot of great memories, and um, something I, I'll always look back on and, and cherish. Um, but the one thing that's missing is the Super Bowl, and we had that one opportunity in '98 that uh, we weren't able to capitalize on. But hopefully, the, these uh, young future uh, Jets will will be able to do that. Is it hard to believe it's been 51 years since the Jets won a Super Bowl? Uh, it's been a long time. We are well overdue, and hopefully it's going to happen soon.
But one last thing, I forgot to ask you, what was it like you played briefly for Belichick? What was that like? Uh, well, briefly, uh, I played for Belichick in Cleveland for a couple of years, and then uh, he he was actually part of me coming to New York because uh, he, he was uh, with Bill Parcells uh, as the coordinator, and then Bill brought me to New England for a bit. So I was probably with Belichick, maybe not always as a head coach, uh, but I was probably with him longer than any other coach I've, I've been around. So, uh, but my experience with him has always been great. He's absolutely one of the best coaches I've been around. He, he prepares his players, and uh, he always gives them an opportunity to win. Did you know in Cleveland that he could be become a special coach? Well, we had you know we had a really good team in Cleveland, and it's unfortunate that the team moved because we were we were right on the verge of doing some really special things and. Uh, uh, it was just unfortunate that uh, we didn't get that opportunity. Now, that playoff game when you beat Parcells, tell tell us that story about your father. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was my first playoff experience. Uh, we actually happened to win that game against the Bill Parcells coach team. Uh, I, was, I was there in Cleveland, and um, uh, my father at that point uh, didn't go to any games because he had a heart condition. But after the game, uh, I was able to bring him the game ball and uh, – you know, we, we were able to um, share a good moment uh, in, the, in the hotel that, that lobby that uh, he was staying at, which is another 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 great memory. <laughs> what was it like dealing with Serbia all those years, Vinny? Oh, well, that's another memory. I'm just kidding, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute now. Was that a you good know, memory Steve? or a bad memory? <laughs> or just a memory? <laughs> no, honestly, Steve has always, always spared me, and I, I – uh, Always had the utmost respect for Steve and, and many others with uh, with the Jets media, and I uh, appreciate him and, and a lot of the people that I got to talk with on a daily basis. Well, no one no one was better to deal with than you. I, I'll say that right here and now. Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. All right, Vinny, can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate it. You know, Jets fans still love you, and uh, remember that run in '98. They talk about it still to this day. So, I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, thanks, guys. Go Jets. Before we wrap up this episode of Gangs All Here, let's give you a letter from the fans with our producer, Jake Brown. Dear Jets, woof. That was hard to watch, but a win's a win. It's good to see this team win a couple games in a row. Sam Darnold, he ain't afraid of no ghost, but he did go up against back-to-back secondaries that Brian Costello and Steve Serby could have success against. Go out and beat the team you should. Go score 34 points again. Enough with people talking about this team tanking. This was supposed to be a contender for a wild card spot. Those hopes and dreams, they're out the window. But you can still go win football games. You embarrass yourself going 1-7 the first half of the season. The second half's off to a 2-0 start. And you have winnable games on the schedule. So go do the song that they played when the Mets would win ball games at Shea Stadium. Taking care of business every week. Christopher Johnson went out and made an absurd statement this past week. After beating the Giants, the only not only guaranteed Adam Gates would be the head coach the rest of the year, which we expected, he said Gates would lead the Jets in the 2020 season. Assuring a coach is coming back when the team is 2-7 and seven is beyond ludicrous, but guess what? It's the reality this organization faces right now, and because of that reality, we can't hope for losses. We can't hope for a new coach and a high draft pick. We have to see wins, and we have to see progression. While it's too late for a magical playoff run, it's not too late to see this team win six or seven games and get around 500. It wasn't pretty today, but it was a step in the right direction. 
Darnold and the offense need to continue to get better. Fans want to see life in a team that looked defeated just a few short weeks ago. Go beat the Raiders at MetLife next week and keep showing improvement. It's really the only hope we got from the fans. That's a wrap for Gangs All Here, our New York Jets football podcast with the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for putting together another great show. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms for the best Jets content out there. You can find more Jets news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting nypost.com. We'll be back Thursday previewing the Jets matchup with the Raiders. See you Thursday.